Hi, everyone. Welcome to Survive HR. We're so excited you guys are here. I always say that, Steve, but I'm really excited that we have listeners. Um, I'm Kelly. <laughs> I'm Kelly. And um, you guys have been listening to us for, Steve, I feel like we've been recording for almost a year. We are, you know, I haven't checked that lately, Kelly, but we did start in October and I believe we are coming up right on a year. So yeah, we should celebrate. We should have an anniversary show or something. The highlights. Of wow. The the best oh my of- God, this has been, this has been the craziest year in the world. Like we started this and we were like, we're going to talk about all sorts of things, HR. And then we switched gears and we're like, we're going to talk about a global pandemic and its impact on all sorts of things, HR. Oh my God, we should do that. We should tell funny COVID stories. Do you have any funny COVID stories? Funny COVID stories. Um, no, I do. I, will, I did hear about a student the other day that had some, that, that, uh, he, he was going through all of his sweet mates and were standing around and he was brushing his teeth and he's, he, he, and he noticed, he said, I don't have any taste. And then he took some, then he took a, a glass, uh, he took some uh, mouthwash. He said, I can't taste that either. I've got COVID. And he said, all the, all the uh, roommates, all the sweet mates just started backing away from him. <laughs> well, I think the bigger question is, did he have COVID? I'm sorry? Did he have COVID? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's fine, right? That's the only reason we're laughing about it. Yes, he's fine. And I'm sure the, he's fine. The 2020 version of cooties, but yes, he had it and everybody was. <laughs> Isn't that so true? Like we literally were talking about like engaging our employees and we're talking about like, you know, trainings and opportunities. And then in March, we're just like, hey, stop that. Stop, stop being together. Stop interacting. If you're going to talk, talk far away, wear a mask. Like you better wear a mask. Like, wow, it has, wow, it has been a year. But HR continues, right? So HR definitely had to pivot and we had to do, we had to just do everything a little bit different. And one of the things that is very true is it's, it's open enrollment season, right? And most people's benefits are switching over and all of the benefit counselors are getting busy. Um, I know we are getting busy with setting up our open enrollment and budgeting season is upon us and we're all busy doing budgets. And I just, I think about our employees and I think about how the world looks very different for them and how many of them have been sitting in front of a Zoom screen, just like you and I, Steve, and have gained the COVID-19 and have really lost, um, have really lost, you know, their get up and go every day because the world looks so different for them. Interactions are so different. Even going to the gym looks different and hanging out. Um, and exercising or taking a walk looks very different. So I wanted, um, I was introduced by my friend who is on this podcast, and I'll let her introduce herself in a second, but um, I was introduced to this this concept, Steve, of Charity Miles, and it's a company named Charity Miles. I was introduced to this company, and I was like, wait a second, companies need this. Companies need to participate in Charity Miles because it, it hits two very important parts of employee well-being 
that quite frankly are almost missing now because of COVID. So with that being said, I'm gonna shut up and I'm gonna introduce our guest. Um, Jean Gurkoff, did I pronounce that right? Sure I, I never pronounce last names on for the podcast because I always screw them up. There's an episode about that. Um, and Nicole Ramsey, who I know. Um, so, hey, guys, please introduce yourselves. Hi, everybody. I'm Gene. I'm the founder of Charity Miles and very excited to be here with you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And I am Nicole and I am also with Charity Miles and uh, I love being a part of this. And Gene has come up with not just a very interesting company eight years ago, but he's come up with a pretty cool program as well that rolled out in January, February. And who knew it couldn't have been better timing. So I'll let him talk a little bit more about that when we get into that. Yeah, I definitely want to talk more about it, but I want to give everyone a little bit of context about how, how I know Nicole and how Steve knows Nicole, right? So Nicole, uh, a couple of years ago, I took a meeting with this woman named Nicole. And this is what generally happens is I normally get emails that I don't pay a whole lot of attention to. I figured it was from a mutual friend of ours. Um, I, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. It was about the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I figured they just wanted to talk to my organization about sponsoring money. Well, anyway, I she offered to bring me coffee. So I was like, I'm going to take this meeting. Um, so I take this meeting with Nicole. And like the next thing I know, I am signing up to be a man, woman of the year candidate for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which was the absolute wrong time in my life to participate in such an event, but it was the coolest thing. It was just like one of the coolest things I had ever done. Um, and you guys have all listened to, I hope you guys have listened to our episode called Purpose, which talks about my brother and my brother's life and his battle with pancreatic cancer. Well, before my brother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, he actually ran the New York City Marathon for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So when Nicole hit me up with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and my brother had already been diagnosed, I was like, I must do this. I must do this. But very like the concept of philanthropy is just really important to me. But that's how Nicole and I met. And I want Jean now to talk about how it Charity Miles links the concept of like physical fitness with the concept of supporting great charities like LLS or PANCAN or different pancreatic cancer research societies, so many different groups. So Jean, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit more about Charity Miles. Awesome, thank you very much. Um, and big thanks to Nicole for introducing us. So Charity Miles is a very simple app that allows you to turn all of the miles that you are going to walk, run, or bike anyway into money for charities like the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. It's really cool about your brother running the New York City Marathon for team and training and LLS, amazing organization. I've had so many friends that have done that. Um, I run the New York City Marathon every other year uh, for the Michael J. Fox Foundation. I started running marathons in 2002 to raise money for the Michael, or actually back then it was for the Parkinson's Disease Foundation in honor of my grandfather who had Parkinson's. Uh, like Nicole, I'm a, an avid marathoner. I used to be an Ironman triathlete and have done, I can't count how many different races that I've done to raise money for Parkinson's. And I always wanted to find other ways to turn my running and into money for Parkinson's research. And eight years ago, I came up with this idea for an app 
Um, it didn't really start off with an HR point of view. In fact, as Nicole mentioned, the HR point of view is kind of new for us. It was more of like a way for us to, like a marketing thing, like companies would sponsor us for marketing purposes, the way that they might sponsor something like the New York City Marathon. Um, but we've been really fortunate. We have amazing charity partners. We worked with amazing sponsors through the years, Johnson & Johnson, Weston, Verizon, Brooks, Athleta. And often they would ask us for things to help them engage their employees. So we would build kind of these kind of custom employee engagement programs, which is what then led us to build our employee empowerment program, which we launched uh, in February or end of January, beginning of February, with no idea that there was gonna be a global pandemic. Um, and that's something that allows companies to create private teams and to sponsor their employees to get moving and to turn all the miles that their employees are doing into money for charity. And that's been really successful over the past several months. We've had almost 100 companies sign up. We've had almost $3 million committed to charity through that. Amazing companies have been using it. Salesforce, Cisco, Microsoft, big law firms like Ogletree, Deacons, Ropes and Gray, Aiken Gump, accounting firms, architecture firms, SunTrust Bank, companies with 20 employees, companies with 50,000 employees. Um, it's really been amazing to see that this new part of what we're doing take off. And I'm learning. So I'm actually really excited for this podcast because I have no background in HR. Um, and I'm learning a lot about HR and employee engagement kind of on the fly. So I'm really interested to kind of maybe use this opportunity to steal some insights from you too um, as, as we kind of go through the conversation. Well, that's and awesome. I have Thank to you. piggyback. I have to piggyback off that, Kelly, because you kind of mentioned where it hits kind of those two areas. And I had a conversation with somebody yesterday in HR, and she's like, "No, it hits three, and it does really hit three. So it hits your charitable fundraising that you're already doing within the company, your community. It hits your wellness, so your benefits and all those. And then it also hits employee engagement, which oftentimes is completely separate from the other two. So it's really nice to see how one simple service can really touch so many different areas that, you know, are impactful. Well, in today's world, you know, employees want to feel part of a bigger, you know, a bigger purpose. And, um, you know, so even if you weren't, let's say you're not a runner, let's say you're or a, or a cyclist or even athletic, and, you know, this would benefit, you know, it gives them a, a, a good state of mind and a good feeling about the company. Just the fact that a company would offer something like this, you know, that those people that can or are more athletic and able uh, participate. So it, it, it has benefits beyond just those that actually participate, I believe. That's a really good point. Steve. Yeah. One thing to mention on that is the most, even though I started this as a runner and Nicole is an 11 time Ironman triathlete, um, the most popular activity with charity models is just walking. And we certainly have, you know, incredible endurance athletes. We've had eight people walk or run across the United States with charity miles, including an 11 year old boy who walked from Key West, Florida to the Northwest tip of Washington state, 4,300 miles, the most incredible thing I've ever seen. But, you know, there's not that many people like that. It's, it's really about the everyday, just walking. Uh, people who walk their dog with it. Some of our, like some of our earliest members, they, these two sisters that live in Boston, every morning they walk their dogs with the app and they tweet me the Boston Weather Report for literally for eight years, the Horvath sisters. And it, it's just that idea. And I didn't really understand this when I started charity. It took me a long time to understand this. My grandfather always told me that, charity isn't just about giving money to charity. 
It's about how you walk through life. And to me, that's really what Charity Miles has become, is how do we all walk through life? And um, it's really amazing to see the way that this new component of what we're doing is coming into play. And to kind of you said, what you said is it gives people that sense that they're part of something bigger, is it that, they're, that they're, their miles mean more. They don't have to do anything extra other than what they were already doing, which is just walking. But now their miles take on this additional significance and they're telling themselves a story about what, that, what those miles mean for them. And then that makes them want to walk around the block one more time, which is one of the things that people say most often about charity miles. That's so good, right? So let's talk about those three pillars of HR, Nicole. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on the three pillars. Like, let's talk about benefits in healthcare, right? So a, HR listeners out there, it's benefits time. It's open enrollment time. And not only do most insurance companies give employers wellness dollars, wellness is not a new thing, right? Like wellness, like wellness has been around, like I wrote my master's thesis a long time ago on wellness initiatives and organizations. The issue is that wellness initiatives, most wellness initiatives are pointless, right? They're just, they don't move the needle. Um, and when you're thinking about spend, right? So HR partners, listen up, because this is an opportunity for you to be a partner to your organization. When you're thinking about overall healthcare spend, your goal is to make people healthier, right? And to prevent illness. Because at the end of the day, especially our self-insured employers out there, even, even our fully insured employers out there, um, at the end of the day, every employee and every time an employee gets sick, that's healthcare spend on you. Um, and ultimately, probably premium increases on your employees, which it's, it's a complicated, and I, I'm not going to sit here and peel back the onions of healthcare and healthcare spend for employers, but just know that every single time an employee gets sick, that's spend. And so your goal is to make employees as healthy as possible. And that's not only physical health, guys, that's mental health. And mental health, especially today, especially in the day of COVID, is critically important. And you're seeing, you're seeing things blow up everywhere. So I think that, like, just to attack that pillar, this is, and when you're trying to make your business case, HR leaders, when you're trying to make your business case to your org, the concept of getting your employees moving and by the way, you guys are all talking like you're talking, you're talking to triathletes and marathoners. Like I had avocado toast for lunch. Like that counts for something, right? Like, anyway, I have an exercise. I'm going to go for a run right after this, guys. I, I really am. Um, so, but like, I think when you're making your business case, that is an important case to be made, a very important case to be made. You want to keep your employees healthy. It, I, I don't have to sit here and say that getting them moving keeps them healthier, right? Getting them moving is one of the most critical things that we could do to keep them healthy. And you don't have to be Nicole or Jean and, and do Ironmans. Like, that's good, um, but I'm not going to do that. So, but I, I think that it is really important for you guys to know that. So I'm going to stop. Steve, any comments on that? I have a couple comments and a question, actually. Um, so to your point, you don't have to, it's not about being a marathoner. Walking 30 minutes a day is the number one thing that you can do to decrease your risk of just about every, to have cut in half by 50% every major disease, heart disease, 
diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's, depression, just walking 30 minutes a day. And I cannot believe how many people don't even walk for 30 minutes a day. Um, <laughs> pointing to herself. They can't hear you pointing on the podcast. Is this a video podcast? Kelly has already achieved her goal of 50 steps today. So, okay. <laughs> but, um, I had avocado toast. It's fine. But to that point, you know, one of the things that I think is, one of the things I think that Charity Miles is effective is that so often we will do things for other people before we will do them for ourselves. And that, you know, when you say like, oh, I'm walking and I'm earning money for, let's say, Feeding America, and 10 cents feeds a person. And if I just walk around the block one more time, I'm going to feed two more people. I'll walk around the block again, right? I'll walk another 10 minutes. It kind of gives you, some, you're doing it for someone else. And it makes, like I said, it just gives those, the people like Nicole or the marathoners, they don't need the extra motivation. They're already doing it. It's the people who might not otherwise be doing it gives them that extra motivation. And then the people like, you know, Nicole or other runners, whatever, they, their miles that they were going to be doing anyway, just feel that much better too. Because like on your four mile run this morning, which you were going to do anyway, now you just fed, you know, 10 people or whatever it is. And so it just adds like a, an element, both for the people who are going to be doing it anyway, and for the people who are the ones that need that motivation. Um, but I have a question for you, because you talked about spend. And it's interesting, because when I started, like I said, I had no background in HR. I just had knew that companies wanted this, and they were reaching out to me for it. But I was really told that you have to show ROI. You have to show how this is going to be ROI. And I was doing all this research, I interviewed like 100 companies. And I was so it was so interesting to me how like the, the HR people that I would speak to, they had no concept for how wellness would drive an ROI for their company. I mean, they had a general idea, kind of like what you said, if we make people healthier, we're going to save money, but there was no real way that they were measuring it. Therefore their budgets weren't be able to set accordingly. They would just have like a, a budget and it was kind of like, we know that this is the right thing to do but they weren't measuring ROI. And I'm interested to hear like what you are, and I'll just also say that what's also been interesting to me, at least because of the charity component, like we don't see a lot of companies coming to us and saying, hey, we need to see, you know, a 10X ROI, or if we invest a dollar into this, we need $2 back. They are really doing it a lot philanthropically as well. Uh, but I'm interested to hear your takes on like how do companies or how should companies be thinking about measuring their ROI from any wellness program, charity models or otherwise? You want to take that or you want me to take it, Steve? I'll, I'll try. Um, I think one of the things, and to Kelly's point, is that most of these uh, wellness programs are not very effective. At least that's been my experience. You know, they, they just don't emphasize the right things. And that's, that's why I'm so excited about Charity Miles, because I actually think that's a, a very positive, easy to implement and something that people would rally around. I mean, I could see, you know, envision folks walking at lunch, you know, and they're not only getting to socialize with one another, they're they're helping a good cause, they're getting exercise, they're getting fresh air, all those kinds of things. Just something simple like that would be good. But, you know, you can actually measure. I mean, people know they've got access to the, the, uh, the health reporting every year as to, you know, what if the problem, if, you know, do you have as many obese people? Have the, have you, are you issuing as much blood pressure medication, high cholesterol medication? All those things that would be related to your, um, your physical well-being, you know, whether you're in shape or not. And most of the things that you're talking about, actually, it's amazing to me. I mean, in my own personal life, and I'm a cyclist, as some of you know, many of you know. And, uh, but I fight with weight all the time. 
And so if my weight varies, if I fluctuate up 20 pounds or something from where I should be, all of a sudden, all of my numbers start going badly. And if I reduce the weight, then I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not my blood pressure and my cholesterol and triglycerides, all these other things, all the numbers come down. So it's very much related to weight, which is, you know, kind of um, also related to exercise and how, how physically fit you are. So you can actually measure this if you look at it and you can tell whether something, you know, how many people are participating in the program, you know what they've done, you know what their health records were in the past, you know what they are going forward, you know, if they're getting worse or if they're getting better and you can, and you can, it's, it's not overly complex, but it is a little bit difficult. You can actually um, put a dollar, a, a new dollarize that, monetize it. So um, it's not impossible to do, but so oftentimes, and one of my biggest complaints about HR is that we have a tendency to want to check a box and say, we've got a wellness program and then, okay, we've done our duty to, to God and our company, so to speak. And we don't really want to go behind those numbers and really see if what we're doing is effective. And so as an HR person, everything we do should be effective and add value to the, to the organization one way or another. And some of that value is, is through the engagement of employees, their happiness, their well-being, other things that are more difficult to measure, but you know, your turnover rates, your depression rates, your psychological treatment, you know, all those kinds of things would, would tend to indicate that you're, you've got a healthy mental state as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And employers have access to, like, like what Steve said, like employers have access to data. I will say most HR people don't ever see it because it lives somewhere in the finance land right? But employers have access. So like you can see not necessarily like personal health information, but you can see how many cholesterol um, prescriptions you're filling a year, right? Like you can see that as an organization, you have spent, you know, and, and it's like literally this crazy, like you spent $7 million on prescription meds and 90% of them are for disease management for cases that if we had employees exercising and we had employees not eating honey buns, you know, they would, I use honey buns because that was like a giant point of contention in my career. I can tell that story at a different day. But um, if they weren't doing that, that we wouldn't be filling as much. I mean, it's a, like one person, one person not taking cholesterol men would pay for charity miles for an entire year. Yeah, one I'm not, person. I'm not gonna. Um, you know, one of the things I'm, we won't we won't give names or anything, but I have known organizations that believe it or not, their highest drug spend is on antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if you and I don't know, you know how you know if I were I haven't never talked to Kelly about you know how's your organization and how much do you spend on that, but if you think about it, if you're unhealthy, if you're out of shape, if you're, you know, you're overweight, all these kinds of things contribute to depression and anxiety. And so, you know, this, you know, it's all interconnected, but if you can get up off uh, the, the, the couch, go out and walk and start, maybe next thing you're running, but if, if you're not, you're just walking or riding a bike or swimming or something like that. And one step leads to another. And all of a sudden, your mental state's a lot better, too, and you're not on these antidepressant drugs or anxiety medications or whatever you're taking. Yeah, so I hope that answers your question. I just think, I think companies have a lot of visibility that you probably are not hearing from HR folks, mm -hmm. right? 
Um, but I would encourage like anyone that you talk to, and I would encourage HR listeners out there to pay attention to spend because like I always used to argue one heart attack, like one heart attack paid for our clinic, Steve, hmm. right? So if we could avoid one heart attack and we did, right? I have on more than one occasion avoided one heart attack or caught a cancer diagnosis early. It pays for it all, right? Um, pays for it all. So um, I, so, so from an ROI perspective and from a benefits perspective, we killed that one. Let's talk about engagement though, right? So let's talk about just like general employee engagement. And I'm going to couple them together with just general like um, employee engagement and like charity, right? Mm-hmm. And to what, to what Steve said earlier, charity is doing more for someone else, right? So you're like, companies are good. Companies have charity budgets, right? Especially your big players. Okay. They're going to have charity budgets. They're going to give to it anyway. So if employees, if, but you're, if you're going to tie it to employee movement and you're going to tie it to employees actually getting up and having camaraderie, there's going to have to be creative ways we do things into the future. Um, wellness initiatives across countries, right? So wellness initiatives at different plants, you can have challenges and you can have those things and compete against each other. All of that is fun for employees and to tie the concept of giving back to it. Like I would run around a hundred blocks for foster children. I would run around a million blocks for pancreatic cancer. I would do that. And I think that when you tell an employee, like, what's important to you, so I I gave a speech a couple of years ago about um, employers supporting what's important to an employee. A lot of employers have this, like, really, like, just phony idea that employees come to work for the employer because they're just, like, so passionate about the employer. And they're not. Like, like, newsflash, like, no one's that excited excited about the employer. They're excited to work for you because you pay them. Okay. But employers, and that's just, that's just real guys. Like I'm just being real, but employers who support employees interests win every day, which is why I always used to say at Tyndall, my last employer, um, they supported my interest to foster. Like they super supported it. So I was in every day. So here we are not only tying wellness and fitness and the ROI associated with that, but meeting employees where they are and telling employees like, whoa, this is an opportunity that we're going to give back to something you care about. Because my understanding from Charity Miles, and I do want you guys to talk about that, is they pick the charity. So talk to us about the charities that you guys are, um, you guys help support through Charity Miles. Yeah, that's great. And so, in Charity Miles, we have close to 60 amazing world-class charity partners from Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, Michael J. Fox, ASPCA, Habitat for Humanity, the Nature Conservancy. You know, if you have, if there's a cause that you care about, we likely have one of the leading organizations uh, dealing with that. So we actually just added an organization out in California called McKinley, which is doing a lot with foster children in, in that area, which is really cool. Um, and kind of the idea with Charity Miles, I was totally on board. Like my mindset is like where you were, is that you, the company should support the person, right? right? Especially from like the marketing perspective, which is where I started this. I always felt like the, you know, the, 
the company should support their customer. They shouldn't ask the customer to support them. Um, but, and then with an employee context for the company to reach out to an employee and say, hey, you care about Parkinson's, we wanna help you with that, means a lot to the employee. And so in our employee empowerment program, the company does have the ability to sponsor each person on the team for the charity that that person cares about. Uh, but the employer also has the option to rally everybody around a specific cause. And that's impactful as well. And right now we see a lot of companies doing that for you know, organizations like Feeding America and the United Way and pandemic relief funds and things like that. Um, and I think there is a lot to be said for rallying everybody around a specific cause when it makes sense for the company, when everybody can feel like they're working together towards a common goal or towards a common cause does a lot for that employee engagement and that team building when it when it's something that makes sense for for who the company is and, and what they stand for. Hey, Gene, what if is there a way to if if it's not one of the charities that you currently are partnering with? Mm-hmm. Let's say it's uh, and I don't know. I'm just throwing out. Let's say there's there's some local charity that is truly a 501c3. Um, is there a way for uh, to go through Charity Miles and get get monies for that particular charity, even if it's not on already on your partner uh, list? Through the Employee Empowerment Program, yes. So the company can say, we are gonna sponsor all of our employees for the local food bank. Even though that local food bank is not one of our partners, the company can sponsor its employees for that charity. And um, we facilitate that. And we have a lot of companies that are doing that that are doing it for lots of different organizations that otherwise wouldn't be in the app. It's one of the really nice things about the Employee Empowerment Program, which is it, it gives us the ability to support a lot of other charities that we otherwise wouldn't be able to support in the app from just like the marketing side of things. And let me ask another question. Um, just is there, if, if a company is interested in this, and I hope every company, every person that listens to this is interested in it, is there, is there a cost to be on this? Any, any kind of a long, how long is the commitment? What's the cost? Is it, can you give us any, any brief overview of that? Uh, yeah, usually when this comes up on like a sales call, I'll say it's a million dollars just to see if someone takes it. Um, so uh, um, no one's taking it yet, but I haven't given up hope. Um, so the sponsorship cost is totally up to the company. The company sets their sponsorship budget. And actually on that point, I just wanted to mention something because you were kind of talking about um, the, you used the word anyway, uh, Kelly, you said, you know, a lot of companies have money that they're going to be giving to charity anyway. And I, whenever somebody says the word anyway, it like sends off bells in my head because when I started Charity Miles, the thought in my head was, I'm going to be running anyway. I should be doing this for charity. And people will always say about Charity Miles, oh, I was going to be walking anyway. I should be doing this. I wanted to do it for charity. And it struck me that people don't say that about anything else. They don't say it about like, no, I never said, oh, I'm going to go skiing this weekend anyway. I love to ski. I'm going to go skiing this weekend anyway. I figured I should be doing it for charity. And it made me think like, why not? So what's kind of cool about this is that you can take the wellness dollars that you were going to be spending anyway, that you're in some cases, as you mentioned, that your healthcare provider is gonna be providing you anyway. And those might otherwise go to Amazon gift cards, which doesn't really motivate anybody or something else. And that is money that you're gonna be spending anyway, and it's gonna now go to charity. But you can also flip the anyway so you mentioned, Kelly, that a lot of companies have money that they're going to be giving to charity anyway. They have a budget to give to charity anyway. And so now they can give the same amount of money to charity that they were going to give anyway and have the wellness and engagement benefits 
of getting people active and moving. So there's like a synergy there between the two and you could even, you know, combine them. Um, so, but anyway, that budget is up to you. And some companies that we work with approach it from the charity perspective. This is money that we're going to be giving to charity anyway. And now we're also getting these wellness benefits. Some of them are approaching it from the wellness perspective. And this is money that we were going to be giving for wellness anyway. Um, and some of them combine it. And whatever that budget is, it's up to you. And 100% of that goes to the charity. We don't take any percentage of that. We just have an admin fee, which depends on the size of the company. Um, usually ranges from like $1,500 a year, and it can go up from there. Um, but it's usually not that much more expensive than like $6,000 a year from there. Uh, we do have some bigger companies where it's a lot more expensive than that. But for most of the companies that we work with, it's in that $1,500 to $6,000 a year range. And for a lot of those companies, the, the healthcare provider, the health insurance company will actually even cover that fee for them. Um, Oh, and then one more thing on the budget, which I thought I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on. Um, you have the ability to set your sponsorship budget for the team as a whole or on a per employee basis. And I, from like a wellness perspective, do you guys do like wellness in incentives on a per employee basis or like on a flat, like just for like the entire company as a whole? Do you have like a budget? Like this is a, this is the total amount of money that we can spend on wellness benefits or wellness incentives, or do you say like, we're gonna do up to $100 per employee on wellness incentives? I think it can be done both it's ways. Just, Go ahead. Yeah. Tim. Sorry, I muted myself. So um, it was, it generally is a whole, right? I've seen it. I mean, it's sometimes it's given, sometimes it's added to just fringe costs that there's like so much money per head associated to like, all things employee fringe, which is everything though, right? So it's going to be like, you know, it'll be wellness, but it'll also be like tuition reimbursement. It'll also be like, you know, other things like that. Um, but generally you have a pot of money to spend on wellness. Yeah, it's, it's usually, you know, either way you look at it, you can look at it both ways, but in the end, it's all kind of the same because it's all based upon either a pot or an assumed pot based upon utilization or, or, or spend on per employee. Got it. Well, one of the things that like, I've been trying to like, we do have a lot of companies doing this where they sit on a per employee basis. And I like this from, to kind of go back to your ROI thing, Kelly. If you did up to $100 per employee at 25 cents a mile, then that employee would have, each employee would have to go 400 miles to earn that $100. And if you spent $100 to get someone to go 400 miles, I think that that would be pretty measurable ROI that you could then bring back to your company. You're good. And especially, yeah, no, I, w I would, it would get, I, I think knowing that I was doing it for something personal, I would do it. Right. I actually think that that is, that was one of the reasons that Charity Miles was just so darn intriguing to me. I was like, oh, like, I'm going to run anyway. I'm going to walk anyway, or I better go do it. Or I have, um, my husband and I set a specific budget every month for charity. Mm. I'm like, well, what if, what if I just at the beginning of the year, like sponsored myself and handed it over right? And like, didn't even give myself the option, right? So instead of writing the check to St. Jude's, I put it, I put it in charity miles. And I said, I'm sponsoring myself. And I'm assuming I can do this guy. I'm just making this up. And I'm thinking I can do this. And the only way to get it is 
to go on the bike ride or take my kids for a walk. Um, I have one better for you, actually. I love the go. way I love the way that you're thinking. Um, so yes, you can. You can sponsor yourself. You can actually ask your friends to sponsor you too, if you want. Um, but again, this goes back to the concept of anyway. So you have a budget that you're going to donate to charity anyway, right? Like you have some money that you, I don't know what it is. Let's so say you're going to donate $200 to LLS this year. You could just write them the check or you could sponsor yourself and they're going to get the check and they're going to get your miles. Or you could reach out to one friend who isn't yet walking for LLS and say, Steve, if you walk for LLS, I will sponsor you up to $200 for LLS. Now, LLS is still going to get your $200, but they're also going to get a new supporter in Steve, who over all of those miles is going to be telling himself a story about his relationship with LLS. And that will make your $200 donation even more impactful than if you had just written them a check. Or you can even do it with your kids, your son, sponsor your kids, get them out moving for LLS, telling themselves a story about what that means to them. With the same donation that you were going to make anyway, you can have it make it so much more impactful by reaching out to someone and sponsoring them. You know, James talked about some of these really cool stories. And one of the ones that I go back to is, I don't remember what company Gene does because he remembers everything. Uh, this lady wrote in and talked about how much she loved Charity Miles because she has now started walking every night. And I believe it is her 17-year-old son is now walking with her every night as well. Can you, I mean, like I get goosebumps because my son's 10 and I dread and really get anxiety over him turning to be a teenager. But just the fact that you've got that time with your kid, it is not just creating wellness. It's creating, you know, the giving back. That's already there. But you're also, uh, it, it, there's just so many different ways this is an amazing kind of product and service. And just, especially with COVID, you can't go out and volunteer at many places. Some people can't afford to give back to charity right now. So what can you do? This is something that you can realistically do. And that's what I love so much about it. Love it. I love it. The, the, I mean, there's just so much opportunity with this, um, with your app and the program. I really wanted to, as Steve and I both, we really wanted to make sure that the HR community out there knew about this. Um, because this isn't like, it's not like well, like I wouldn't say it's well known amongst the HR community, but it needs to be. Um, it's something that definitely, definitely needs to be. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, I, you've got Nicole on your team. She is a door pounder. She is. Um, I actually got a call with someone this morning who said that they heard of us from something called HR Forms, and I'm going to check out what that is. <laughs> Very cool. Hey, Very Dean, cool. I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a suggestion, though, you know, because yeah. um, talking about the kids walking and things like that, and I keep thinking about, you know, may, can we do like an inverse program where we can get them to like calm down? Because I've got like four <laughs> kids and, and sometimes, sometimes it's a little overwhelming. I mean, reasonably physically good shape, but keeping up with all four of them, sometimes I wish I could like, you know, kind of hurt them and quiet them down. Maybe we could start some sort of a, a new program. For the I like the way that you're thinking. I did an April, I do April Fool's jokes every year. And this year um, I did an email, sent it out to all of our members, went out to like over a million people and it said, 
amazing news, you know, in light of COVID and the fact that we can't really go out, we're partnered with Creighton Barrel and uh, they're going to sponsor us for every minute that we sit on the couch. There you go. <laughs> translate your miles, to translate, you just have to click here and people would click the link and it took them to a page that just said April Fools. And <laughs> we had so many people were just like, oh, you got me so bad. Like I got my parents with it. My parents know that I'm going to get them on April Fools. They know it. They're looking up and I even got them with it. It was like the best day they for me because like everybody was like, oh, you got me so bad. But I like the way that you're thinking, Steve. I love it. Well, Steve, you have a problem. Their mother is a fitness coach. So I don't think those kids are calming down anytime soon. Their yeah. mom is a machine. Um, all right. Well, I, I promised a 20-minute podcast that's now like 50 minutes. So with that being said, I'm going to sign off. But I, I so appreciate Jean and Nicole hanging out with us today and teaching us about Charity Miles. We don't do podcasts like this. Um, this is new for us, and we thought it was really important to bring to you. So I hope you guys, um, you guys enjoy, and definitely, um, I want to ask Nicole and Jean just to how how do we get in touch with you guys? Uh, you can just reach out to me on, or Nicole. I'm Jean at CharityMiles.org. Nicole is Nicole at CharityMiles.org. Website is CharityMiles.org, um, and you can learn more about us there. Great. Thank you so much for having us today. Really appreciate the opportunity. You guys were great. I think I appreciate you both showing up and really we appreciate our sponsors. We couldn't do this show without our sponsor and Hainsworth Sinclair Boyd is our, is our uh, primary sponsor. They've been so good to us. We thank you. I uh, thank them for this show and we ask everyone listening to please utilize Hainsworth Sinclair Boyd for any of your. Uh, Absolutely. Don't yeah, worry. They're next on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it.